Hi, my name is Sarah Boss, and you are listening to the What Else Podcast. I'm a chemist turned launch strategist, and I help business owners launch their courses, programs, and products so that they can gain influence and get paid. Owning your own business opens the doors for great freedom and opportunity, but it can also bring a lot of self-doubt, overwhelm, and insecurity. On this podcast, we talk about marketing, analytics, and tactile tips to own a business you love, but we can also talk about life behind the desk. We ask the questions, and then we ask, what else? Because we're just nosy like that. Come join us and our many guests as we leverage our businesses to create the life we dreamed of. Hey guys, welcome back to the What Else Podcast. Today, I'm joined with our favorite, Kristen, the producer. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on today, having me back. I love guest hosting the show with you. It's so fun. I love when you come on the podcast with me. It's my fave. And today we're just going to, we're going to be hanging out. We have some questions. We're going to give out some fabulous advice because we are the experts at life. So there's no one else who you should listen to and you should take every word that we say verbatim. (laughs) Just just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) We'll do our best, but like. I know. I know. Well, I'm like so passionate about this like phase of life and have like so much empathy and just like big sister energy for people who are graduating from college because it can be such a tough transition. So um, hopefully we can provide some insight and inspiration and just make you feel loved on today. Yes, that's the goal. Loved on. We're having fun. You're with your girlfriends, Sarah and Kristen. And we're going to have some fun while talking about life. Um, Before we get started, Joseph posed a question to me this week. And I was like, that's an interesting topic to think about. Is this related? No. Is this a nice little, little think? Have a little thunk? Yes. Here's the question. So he was like, hey, if we're in like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. And I was like, all right, all right. Also, we do this all the time. It's my one of my favorite things that we do. It's like if we're in like a zombie apocalypse and we make like a pact, like if you, if I'm being dragged away by zombies to go get bitten and turn into a zombie or like they eat me or whatever, if I'm getting dragged away and we make a pact, like if, if that happens, like you kill me, would you do it? I was kind of confused because I was like, what do you, I don't understand like this situation. Like, why would I kill you? They already have you. I don't understand. But like, if like you're watching, if if I like watch him being dragged away, oh no. And I guess I have a gun. Like, do I shoot him? Uh-huh. And he's like, I was like, no, I couldn't. And he was like, you're just going to let me get eaten and just be like a zombie. And I was like, well, I mean, I feel like I would have hope that you would like make it out. Or I'd be like, no, we're going to get a plan. <laughs> like, we're all ha- like, there's other options. Because mm-hmm. how do you know? Like, you're just getting dragged away. That doesn't sound that serious. I feel like there's other ways out. I'm not just going to be like, oh, there he goes. Mm-hmm. Bang. Like, I'm not, I am not. I don't think I could do it. And he was like, I think I could do it. As in like me. <laughs> like if I was like, shoot me, he'd be like, got it. Without hesitation. <laughs> Without hesitation. Like done. all the love, honey. Bye. <laughs> and I understand because in his, he's like, like, I don't want you to suffer through that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, what if, you know, like there's gotta be another way. So, so if I guess that was posed like significant other. Like, could you do it? Like, if you guys, you and Matt, like, made a pact, and he's like, he's getting dragged away. Like, you know, that is the he's going there. He's by into the cave, into the darkness, whatever. And he's like, do it. 
Did you do it? That's so hard. I, I know. In the process of being attacked, if I saw that he was already bitten and like it was over, like even if he was able to get out of the clutches of the zombie, he was going to turn, then I would probably do it. If I didn't I, think about that. To get him out of it, I would do that first. That's plan A. Plan B is if it seems like it's hopeless, I would probably do it. Um, we're already in apocalypse, so I'm already not having a good time. So <laughs> Marty not having a good time. <laughs> I can't. And I'm slow, so I'm probably also gonna be like, I mean, I'm next. But then it's like, can you be zombies together? Have you seen the movie Warm Bodies? I haven't wait, have I? No, I have I have. I've seen the commercials for it, but it's I haven't so seen cute. it. It's is so it? cute. Okay, it looks kind of like it. gross. Not even <laughs> like like ooh, zombies are gross. I'm just like teenage angst gross. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like cheesy. Like, yeah. kind of. I was in, like, a, a real Nicholas Holt phase uh, okay. when that movie came out. Um, but it was just, like, really cute. It did have it had its, like, classic gross yeah. zombie moments. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, if we could warm our way into a situation like that, sure. Sure. Say, but, um, what about me? As if there's a difference. I feel like if you can shoot your husband, you're going to shoot me. <laughs> Um, if we had a pact, I feel like the, the importance here is it was discussed ahead of time. Discussed ahead of time. I also, I totally get like the have, if you like already bitten, like, you know, like they're, they're like turning or they're going to like, you know, like their life is over anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I totally understand. But in my head, when I'm hearing dragged away, have you seen Harry Potter? You've seen Harry Potter. Yeah. 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 So, you know, like when, um, when was it Ron? Yeah. I think it was Ron. Like it's dragged into the tree hole. Um, I think it was Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. He gets dragged into the tree hole with like the rat and uh, Sirius Black. And But he, I don't remember who he was dragged into the hole by. I think it was Sirius. No, you know, it was by the werewolf. I don't know. Whatever. He was dragged into the hole. I'm That's what I'm picturing. And I'm like, no, like I see a very, not, not like clear way to get out, but like that doesn't feel like the extreme situation of like, oh, he's getting dragged into the hole. That's yeah. my cue. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. But they didn't have the clear communication before. They did not have like, the clear communication. If I get dragged in, let me go. There's the lesson, it. folks. All <laughs> situations of life, clear communication is key. <laughs> you have to talk about stuff before it happens and plan for the worst, hope for the best, have a contingency plan in place. I feel like if we talked about it beforehand, I could do it, but I would have to be like 100% sure it was not a salvageable situation. I feel like in this situation, like we're talking about this now, say a couple of years, like this happens. I feel like I'm going to be standing. They'd be like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like, are I, 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 I go straight to sarcasm. Like, no, no way this is happening right now. I'd be laughing. Be like, oh my God. Oh my God. What are the odds? <laughs> like young millennials and gen z deal with everything difficult we're like oh what in tarnation this would happen to me he's he's literally getting dragged away i'm like oh my god my life how can i make this about me about me (laughs) in this moment oh my gosh now i have to have that serious conversation with matt because i didn't have like south north and south carolina are gonna run out of gas on my 2021 bingo card and who knows what's gonna happen next I know I know really hoping that I feel (laughs) telling Kristen before this podcast I filled up but then I didn't fill up Joseph's car (laughs) save yourself stranded Stranded. that's why I'm like I have to conserve gas to get to work but it's crazy I know 
I know we should be having these conversations about zombie. We should apocalypse. be having these conversations. These are important conversations to have in a relationship. Yeah. All right. Well, we've already dropped some major knowledge on you. Let's just keep it going. Let's get into the questions. For those of you who did not see the post, so we asked for submissions for questions about uh, post-grad life, college graduation, um, adulting. I love the idea of like this new class of like adult, I say adulty adults because, you know, people are like, you turn 18, you're an adult. But I'm like, no, you know, this is like adulty adults when people are like punching you in the face with responsibilities. And I'm just like waving like, hello, welcome everyone. Here's orientation. So here's your orientation into post-grad adulty adult life. With your instructors, Kristen and Sarah. Let's Dress go. Bandanas and like Boy Scout outfits, <gasps> like the um the the goddess girls in Parks and Rec. Yeah, I have I have a bandana. <laughs> I have a bandana. I know. Should, well, actually, should, I might from the dogs, but should I go run and get it? <laughs> Want to? Okay. But I feel like we also need like some sort of hat that's like a scout leader hat. I mean, oh. I have my what else hat. I don't have my what else hat with me. Oh no. no. Okay, I'll go get my bandana. You go get your hat and we'll just c- complete it. Okay, perfect. And break. So you've got the uh, clipboard notebook. You got your hat. I feel like we should have a camp chat or chant, not chat. <laughs> camp chant. If you're like, who are we? Adults. What do we want? Uh, free healthcare, <laughs> um, secure jobs, a nice salary, a good house, and a steady <laughs> life. All right, your turn. Who are we? That is the rallying cry of that is. the adults in yep. 2021. Phenomenal. All right, everybody. Set around campfire for camp adult. Ooh, hat on backwards. Love it. Love it. Now we're getting serious. Okay. First question. Are we ready? Yes. They, these are actually like really good questions. So first one, best ways to stay in contact with college friends far away. Ooh, this is a good question. And this is tough. Like once people kind of move away from school, they pick what city they're going to live in. I'm focused on my hat. Um, <laughs> they pick what city that they're going to live in after graduation. Some people, you know, get married and start families. Like there's a lot of life changes. And I feel like once you graduate, everybody kind of like enters their new phase of life whether that's like marriage or continuing like single life bachelorette world life um I think that group chats are super fun um I've enjoyed them like being a bridesmaid and having like a group chat with the brides chats um the brides chats having a group chat with all the brides and um the bridal party um, and things like that. There are apps like House Party where you can like play games remotely with people um, as a group. So like you can organize like a game night regardless of where anybody lives. And that's kind of like a fun way to have an engaging, um, you know, event that's not just like a Zoom call, which like a Zoom coffee chat, I feel like is totally fine too. Lockdown and everything in 2020 kind of normalized socialization on zoom yeah like zoom happy hours would have not been a thing and now i'm like this is great it's not drinking alone Mm -hmm. but it doesn't require social interaction completely (laughs) wonderful exactly and it took away the pressure of having to coordinate like getting together in person because i think that can be really hard with schedules and stuff um but i think you know when you think of friends if you haven't talked to them in a while just reach out like 
chances are they're, they like miss you too. And, you know, just keeping up that communication by texting them whenever you think of them, um, organizing stuff like a Zoom happy hour for your friends from college. Um, it's great to see each other in person and, and take vacations together and stuff, but that's a little bit harder to schedule. So I think if you can, you know, use an app like House Party or something to keep in touch with people, it's like a, a more fun way than just um, like talking and catching up every single time that you're talking to them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was like very nice advice. I remember this. <laughs> I remember sitting, it was like my last month of college and I'm like sitting in my classes and then like sitting at lunch and everything. And I'm like, I, 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 I literally did this. I like looked around like people in my classes. I was like, there are some people and I could pin them out. I could point at them. I talk to you every day. And after I walk across that stage, I'm not going to talk to you another day in my life. And it was not because I didn't like them. It just like, I could just tell, I was like, we're not going to go on the same path. Like you're like doing something else. And we're like classroom friends, not like, you know, go on vacation together friends. But then my core group of friends, there's nobody I don't talk to. And I, when I moved back to Charleston, nobody was here except for Joseph. So all of my friends are quote long distance. One of them is in England. So like very, very far group chats definitely are awesome. I find Snapchat group chats are the best one because you can meet them because I'm in a couple that are just a little more active than I would prefer. And there's like those people that like carry them on and I'm there for in solidarity. And then, you know, when we plan trips, but then every day when then sending like stuff, I'm like, no, I have like clusters of friends um, from like college, from like business, all those kind of things. So like I have one cluster and we have a group chat between the three of us and it's a Snapchat group chat. And we pretty much only like video, Mm -hmm. like video, you know, send like Snapchat videos. And we do that almost every day. It's so fun. Um, That is with the friend from England and then a friend in Colombia. And so we can chat every day. You, me and Isla have a Voxer. If you haven't downloaded Voxer, it's so much fun. It's so much, look into it. And choose wisely who you get into a Voxer group <laughs> chat with because it's like walkie talkies and that's like super fun. And then I will say for those of you who have like a group of friends that you're like super close to in college, you all hang out. It's like a larger group. Like I have the same thing. We still stay in contact. We live all over when you are like, I guess like in maintenance, like you're maintaining the relationship. Yeah. The zoom parties and stuff. <laughs> but every year we do like a, uh, what do we call squad miss? Um, we have done it for three years now, two or three years. Um, and we, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we go to a cabin in Asheville and I think we're going to switch locations soon. Um, and we like do a secret Santa and stuff. And we're looking at doing like a summer version as well, but it's one time per year. We're a pretty large group, so it's pretty affordable. We can get like a large house and split it between the million and 12 of us. Mm -hmm. So that's also a great way. If you have like that core group of friends, like have like one thing a year, where you and then you do that until you're old we talk about right, we're gonna bring our kids on this it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be awesome so I think that's a good way as well yeah and I would add to like I know a lot of people they graduate and kind of feel like they didn't have that core group of friends when they graduated so I would say also stay open to just keeping in touch with and social media makes it super easy but just like keep up with the people that you went to school with you never know like if you didn't have that close friendship then um again everybody enters such different phases of life as soon as they graduate and different contexts can like foster a new type of relationship with those same people that you knew just in a different way like 
Isla is a great example. She's like our third person in our little like business besties group. And we went to undergrad together and like we were friendly with each other and I would consider her a friend, but we weren't super, super close. And now we talk every single day. So, you know, don't close yourself off to, um, you know, potentially fostering a new type of relationship with the people that you knew in college. Again, just keep up with them, support them in other ways. If it's just like commenting that you think they're doing great at something or, you know, showing support in that way, you just never know how new friendships can develop too after you graduate. Yeah. I interact with way more people online um, than I did in college. And uh, I just reconnected with, and now I have like another group of friends and there are two girls that I literally haven't seen since we were eight, like young, but yeah, but we, um, one of them like would comment on my pictures all the time. She'd swipe up on my story. She was super fun. So we'd like talk in the DMS all the time. And then she was coming down to Charleston to visit her sister. So then I was like, Oh, like she, well, she was like, let's hang out. And then we did found out that she knew, uh, Natalie. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I went to school with Natalie. She was like, Oh, we should all be friends. So then we all hung out and we're like, I I don't remember like the Powerpuff girls or something because (laughs) we can't, I can't do anything without naming it. Um, so we became like this little clan and then Matea actually moved to Charleston. So now these, you know, and I connected with both of them on Instagram, Natalie would like comment on my stuff too. And that's just kind of how we curated that relationship. So Social media is really a great way to do that. And that actually leads really well into the next question. It's how do you meet new people when you move and don't know anyone? One, you might know people, you know, like is when like college grads like moved to different cities and everything, chances are somebody from elementary school or somebody from somewhere also moved to that city. Make it like known, even ask friends like, hey, do you have any friends in what place? Or usually if you tell people, hey, I'm moving here, they're like, oh my gosh, my cousin, my sister, my brother, my elementary school crush lives there. I'd be like, hey, like, would you introduce us? And you could get like, go to lunch and it's like a friend interview. Like, are they cool? Great. Go to lunch again. It's like dating. Um, So that's a great way to do that. And then I've also, I've never done it, but I've seen a lot of great friendships come from those like, it's like Bumble, but for friends. Bumble BFF. Oh my God. It really is Bumble. Bumble BFF. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, I, and actually they did a lot of like influencer events in Charlotte. So there were a lot of people that like were kind of using that service for a while. And um, I know a couple people that have made friends from Bumble BFF too. Like you just hop on there. Again, I think it's important to remember that everybody in your age is in the same boat of like, they want to make new friends. They're scared to reach out to somebody and be rejected. But like, just remember every single person's on the same boat and everybody's looking for that connection and that friendship. Um, so I agree with Sarah on all those things. Like, you know, look to your network, even like, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I would also utilize LinkedIn in this situation because when you move, you update your LinkedIn profile to what city you're in and it'll tell you what other people in your network are in the same city as you. And Um, I've kind of used that to reach out to people and be like, hey, like we knew each other in college or we knew each other in high school. Like I see we're in the same city now, you know, let's grab coffee somewhere or let's hop on a virtual, you know, coffee if you're not, you know, comfortable going out and stuff yet. Um, And yeah, just remembering that everybody's in this like grab coffee just with the intention of like making a connection. Don't be like, all right, this is my new best friend and we're kicking it off today. A lifelong friendship. Hopefully it turns into that. But at the very least, if there's like an event in your city or something, you have somebody you can call up and be like, hey, do you want to go to this thing with me? Um, And kind of on that note too, I would also look at networking groups. That's what I was going to say. There's a ton of young professional networking groups. It's good for friends and it's good for like 
career, I guess, Mm -hmm. excelling, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like two birds, one stone. Like, okay, let me, you know, at the very least, I might make a professional connection of somebody I can reach out to. Um, but I might also make a new friend in the process. And again, everybody's in the same boat. And my advice for networking is to find the other person that's standing alone and go to them first because they're probably waiting for someone to talk to them and they're too scared to walk up to a group. So initiate conversation with that person first and, and see what happens. Yeah, love it. How do you balance spending money and saving once you're out on your own? I love this question, but I'm also like, how do you balance spending money and saving once you got a significant other who you want to go out to eat with all the time? It was so much easier for me when I was like on my own. Um, But to give a practical answer, how to balance spending money and saving? Um, A a budget? I know people, (laughs) I'm just like, I like, you know, I like practical advice and um, I have, I wonder if I can... I still have like the link for it. If I do, I'll put the link in the, I love Kristen. We'll put the link. I always say I will put the link. (laughs) She's the best. Um, In the description box for um, my budget template. And yeah, I mean, I was the best at my budget when I was alone because I knew exactly what was going in and out and all that kind of stuff. And you know, there was less reason for me to go out because I was like, Joseph was in another city. We weren't doing things as much. but it's just creating a plan. So like I knew how much I wanted to spend on groceries, how much I wanted to spend on clothes each month. Um, however, a budget works best for you. And then I also knew how much I wanted to save each month. And I made sure like in my budget. So if I, I'm just going to use like easy numbers um, just for the sake of it. So say I make a thousand dollars a month, which hopefully you make more, a little bit more than that, but easy numbers. And I want to save 200 of that in my budget. Like I will put a thousand in my little income field. And then in savings field, I put 200. And to my eye, I have $800 to spend. So I never really see that like thousand truly as like something I need to spend. Always account for your savings first so that you can sit like whatever I, you know, I look at my little green box, which has how much I can spend. And that's the amount that I kind of like attach myself to mentally when in actuality, I make more than that. It's just that little box accounts for bills and savings and like things that I want to prioritize. So I never feel like I'm losing money. I don't like the idea of like, oh, I just got a paycheck. Let me like give away whatever this savings account, even though it's like paying myself, I didn't like that. So I set up an auto transfer. I didn't concern myself what the original number was. I concerned myself with what my like spending number was. Does that make sense? Am I like saying things intelligently? Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I would add to that, you know, if you are working somewhere where you get paid via direct deposit, you can set it up so that a portion of your paycheck goes straight to your savings account. And that's also a really good way to automate your savings and make it like, okay, the money that lands in my checking account, I know that I can spend safely because I've already had my savings like deposited directly into my savings account. Um, And it's such an easy process to do with your employer. So I would definitely recommend setting up something like that, especially with a lot of companies moving to um, online platforms like Gusto for direct deposit. You can actually like, you don't even have to talk to your employer to do it. You just go into your account and set it up that way. Um, So definitely recommend doing that. And then I like 
some rules of thumb, like keeping your living expenses under 30% of your income. Um, that also ensures that you're not like having that lifestyle creep. I think sometimes if you graduate from school and you land like a really great corporate job that is paying you more money than you ever thought you would make as a <laughs> postgraduate, it can be really easy to be like, all right, we are living Carrie Bradshaw style cocktails every night, fancy yeah, outfits exactly. all the time. And that lifestyle creep uh, comes in really fast. So also trying to be mindful, going back to the friend question of like, you don't always have to meet for expensive coffee or expensive drinks. You can go for a hike together or go for a walk at a local park, like try to find activities that don't revolve around spending a lot of money. Um, So you still have that relationship building and that fun social life as a postgraduate without breaking the bank. Yeah, I think I have... I'm pretty sure like with the budget thing, I think I have a blog post where I actually um, like talk about the employer, like, because it's nicer to see like, oh, I have $800 that just landed in my bank account versus I have $1,000 and I have to give 200 of, away, of it away. That was like my thought process. And definitely with the living expenses, here's, I even, you know, 30% is like your golden rule, but I always thought of it. I like look at back at my life in college and like what I spent and what I did for extracurriculars wise, going out to dinner, that kind of stuff. And I was a very happy person. <laughs> I loved my life. I loved what I did. So, and that happiness like doesn't change when I get like a new job. I had an apartment that I had to pay for and all that kind of stuff. But as far as like the minimum of like a happy life, your life doesn't actually cost that much. As long as you're not falling into that habit of like, oh, I have more money in. So I'm going to get more money out. Mm-hmm. No matter how much comes in keep your living to whatever your minimum living expenses are like for a happy life. And I talk about this, I think in another, um, I reference this in another episode or another blog post, I will link everything. Kristen will link everything below. <laughs> I have all the resources for you. Um, but base, basically it's like, as your income grows, your lifestyle doesn't have to change. And I'm not saying don't be happy, but I'm saying uh, a lot of times how much you spend to be happy is not as much as you think. Like, again, think back to college, like how much you guys didn't spend a lot in college. At least I didn't. And I was a perfectly happy person going out to eat however many times. And like, I went to bars and stuff and I, I was totally good. And I'm like, okay, why is that different? You know, I'm not going to be unhappy if I don't do X, Y, and Z, or don't spend this money. It's, it's completely a mindset thing. So that's, that's my drop of knowledge there. And the blog posts and all that will be linked on the below. The budget is super helpful. I will say I really love my budget template. Okay. Should I have a five-year plan? And if so, how do I make one? I've got some words for this. Okay. You start then. Okay. Um, I say, my initial reaction is no, not to have a five-year plan because I knew what a five-year plan in my head at that time meant, and it's not what I would encourage. So like when I had a five-year plan, it was very structured on a lot of things that I couldn't control and that that caused a lot of anxiety for me because like life wasn't going that way. And I thought I was doing something wrong when life was just going the way that it was supposed to go. And I was not letting letting go and letting that happen. Um, so with a five-year plan, I think it's good to have like goals for yourself and orient your daily life around those goals, but not being so attached to like how to get there. 
you know, the journey you can't necessarily control. You can absolutely reach goals, but I guarantee you how you think you're going to reach them is not going to be the way that it happens. Um, and if, but if you put things into daily practice, you will get there eventually. It probably won't look like what you think. For instance, if you want to save X amount of dollars every day, how much money are you putting away? And then that's like a daily habit and you will get there. Same sort of concept. What do you want your life to look like in five years? And then just go very practically. Like if you want to retire in five years, one power to you, think about daily what that means. Like, what does that mean for your life right now? And don't just expect that that to happen, but understand that if you try and map every little detail out, like I have to get this position at this company and I have to make this amount of money and I have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to work out the way you want and you're just going to make yourself sick. So yes. that's, that's my take on a five-year plan. Yes. For goals. No, for making yourself ill. <laughs> Agree. I feel like the only reason you should have a five-year plan is whatever answer you would give to an employer. If they're like, where do you see yourself in five Oh, years? that's true. I definitely had an answer for that. Yeah. And, and it, it can just be like, I really want to learn this about the industry, or I'm really interested in working up to this type of role. And that's like, honestly, as far as you have to have things quote unquote figured out. And that's just for the context of that interview, because that might change what your quote unquote dream job is or what you think it is when you graduate might be totally different from what your dream job actually is five years from now. And like Sarah said, leave that space for yourself to do that self-discovery and let yourself kind of iterate on what you want. And not just in a professional capacity, but if you have expectations about like how old you want to be when you're married or how old you want to be when you have your first kid, or if do you want kids, do you not want kids? Like Those are things that you might feel like you have to have figured out right now that you absolutely don't um, until you, you know, meet somebody and then that conversation comes up. I would definitely say before you get married, talk about kids because oof, oof, big oof oof if you don't talk about that before you get engaged. Um, But yeah, there are a lot of things. I mean, we have friends that said that they would never get married or have kids that are now married with a child. Like it's, you just never know what you know, you're allowed to change your mind about things. And I feel like that happens a lot in your twenties. And that's 100% okay, because you're learning what your core values are and being like really clear with yourself about what your core values are. And I think as long as you kind of stay true to those things, that informs a lot of the decisions that you'll make. And that kind of becomes your North star. So in terms of life plans and five-year plans, I think try to identify what your core values are first and then let your plans kind of fall into place around those. I love that advice. The Yeah, your mind changes like so much. I, people are like, oh, so what's your like plan for next week? And I'm like, oh my God, don't put that kind of pressure on me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's how I live my life. <laughs> All right. I'm struggling to be excited for my friends who are getting jobs when no one will hire me. Oof. Um girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever said this, uh, me, literally me. Me. I had, (laughs) when I was in the, like, I'd say peak, but it's really the valley of mental health, trying to find jobs. Nobody's hired me. I put out like, I mean, I think I I did something, some ridiculous, like over 50 applications or something, because those websites make it way too easy for you to search for jobs. Um, And then just apply on a whim, which is a terrible strategy in case anybody was wondering. And my boyfriend and my best friend who I lived with, like literally I was a maid of honor in her wedding. And of course I date this man. So the two closest people in my life, both got hired on us on the spot for one. She's a teacher. So she had schools fighting over her. And then Joseph just walked up to this tent. They were like, Hey, you want to have an interview? He's like, Oh, I guess. And then 
offered him a job at the end of the interview. And I was like, this is just awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. It was hard. Like it was really hard. Mm -hmm. So I understand like struggling to be excited. Um, I had to one, put things into perspective. I was searching for jobs that were not in my field. Mm. I mean, very reality at that point I was looking, I wasn't happy with the field that I studied in. So I was searching for jobs outside of that. So that was going to make it harder. And both of them were applying for jobs in the most demanding fields where there is such a shortage in people. Like it's hard not to get hired teaching and engineering, like on a practical level, you don't have to be over the moon. Like don't feel guilty for being sad, but just detach yourself from that outcome. Like as if you can be grateful for them and like every time that you just feel that feeling, I would make myself say like, I'm so happy for them. Like they deserve this so much. And I would use it as like a hope. Like they are amazing. I'm associated with them. They're my friends. We're all amazing. I'm going to get something just as good. And I had to like train my mind when I thought about it to go with gratitude. Like, I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for them. And if I was just aggressively, I'm like, I'm so happy for them. Then I could basically, I was like, I just, I wouldn't give myself time to think about that. What do you think? What are your, what are your, did you, did you experience this when you were graduating? Yes. Oh yes. Um, I, I went to, I went straight to grad school from undergrad Um, which in retrospect, if I can also offer advice, if you're like, "Hmm, maybe I should do grad school, I would say get work first, like get some job experience under your belt. Because We've got a question about that. I got some (laughs) thoughts on that too. I've got some thoughts as somebody who doesn't have a master's. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I definitely experienced that. And I feel like it's almost like a first glimpse of how different, like what different trajectories everybody like spins off to after graduation, because, I'm kind of going through the same thing from like a mental and comparison perspective with like people that are starting to have kids and like seeing pregnancy announcements on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I wish that that was me right now. And just in the mindset of exactly the same thing, I'll scroll past it at first. And then I'll be like, I would want somebody to celebrate this moment with me and celebrate this moment for me. So I go back up to the post and I hit like, (laughs) you're like, I'm going to make myself like it and comment how great this is for them. And I know that I'm, again, I like it. I feel that guilt of like, Oh, should I even be saying this out loud? Like it, it feels like you're a bad person to say it, but I think it's also, you know, you can have some boundary setting as well, depending on whatever, you know, phase of life you're in. If your friend is going on and on and on, this is my dream job. Oh my God. Oh my God. Be like, Hey, I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. I'm kind of still in like the suck part of finding a job. So like, let's set aside this time to celebrate. Like, let's go get drinks or let's, I'm going to take you out to dinner and let's celebrate you then. And then after that, we could just pause until I also get a job (laughs) and then we'll have a huge party for both of us. Pause the emotional trauma. (laughs) Yes. And I think also keeping in mind that a lot of people don't stay at their first jobs for very long. Um, And, you know, a lot of people, like if you see on social media, people are like, oh my God, I got my dream job out of school. LOL, that's not true. It's not, no, it's not true. Stop it, Brittany. (laughs) It might be their perception of what a dream job is supposed to be or whatever, but like once you actually get into that environment, again, you're learning things about yourself all the time. So when you see them jump ship to find something else that's better in six months, it's like, okay, so that wasn't your dream job and that's okay. But like, again, don't put so much pressure on this situation to be perfect right out the gate. 
um, give yourself that space and yeah, have that budget together so that you know how much time that you have before it's like, okay, I'm going to work at Starbucks for a little while to like make, make ends meet. And again, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, like you just have to do what you have to do. You're learning something new about yourself all along the way. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have like rushed into a career. I wish I, like I had a very specific goal. I wanted to walk across the stage with a big girl job, like mm-hmm. salary benefits, like that whole thing, which is quite mm-hmm. a goal. Like yeah, it's, it's, that's not the norm. That's not like, that's really, really big goal to have like salary and benefits and like have that kind of job yeah. straight out of college. I wish I didn't, I wish I would have said, Hey, I'm not going to look at a job board for six months and I'm going to spend my time doing whatever, traveling, visiting friends, like those people who have a van and spend the first six months to a year, like they're not crazy. (laughs) You know, they're, I think that's actually a great thing to do. And I would have learned so much more and been much more qualified for the jobs that I was trying to get had I spent that time to learn who I was outside of college. Because outside of college, Sarah was a completely different person. And I did not give myself time to meet her at all until much, much later. Yeah. And I I think that's really hard too, is like, you also have this expectation for yourself of like, I'm supposed to be this person versus the person you actually are. And yeah, I think if you have the financial means to, you know, if your parents are open, open to you living at home and you can, you know, not pay rent and stuff like that, even like start a hobby or just do some self-exploration if you can. Yeah. Go like sell clothes on Instagram that you thrift just learn how to craft get I always say like if you need money and you're coming out of college you want to take that break but you need money because that's a real thing think of the most fun job that you could have think of the most fun job and then go get it I think there's a nursery by my um like childhood home how fun would it be to work at a nursery? Like work outside, I can wear overalls, I'm working with plants, like no expectations oh, really. Oh, plant like, nursery. I thought you meant like a baby nursery. Oh, not a baby nursery. Oh. That would also be very fun. But I'm like a big more plant nursery. And I was like, how fun would that be? Like, oh my gosh. Or like, hey, why don't I go work at the beach and like, you know, be a bartender. Is hiring right now. Like, Every like, restaurant. Yeah. Your favorite restaurant. I promise you. Yeah. And probably because there's like less... I don't know that they're like promoting people super fast because they need the servers. But like, if you're just looking for like, I wouldn't say easy cash either service base. Sorry, food food industry is very difficult. It's fast cash though. Yes. And it's a good way to kind of learn the ropes too. Like if you're interested in a particular industry, a lot of people are hiring entry level, um, but like things are tough, but um, all the restaurants are hiring. So if you're struggling to find that like big corporate job and you just need something in the meantime, like- do that. There's absolutely no shame in that game at Not all. Not at all. I wish I would have done that. How fun would it have been to be a bartender? And you make a killing. You will be making more than your friends. I guarantee. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like a really trash server, but you know, like most servers make bank, especially in like these tourist areas. I'm like, go move to the coolest place. Like so many people want to move to Charleston. Go get an apartment in Charleston with a couple like fun friends. Go work at a bar on the beach and live your life. Like you see all these people who are on Instagram and they're surfing and they're going to the beach every day. Yeah. It's because it's because they're all servers and all the servers are having fun. Don't put the pressure on yourself that I did this. Okay. So that kind of goes into this one. So how important slash necessary is getting your master's nowadays? I find this to be a complicated question. And as you, as the person who has a master's, I'd love to hear your perspective. Camp counselor, Kristen. Thank you. 
camp counselor, Sarah. Um, yes. So I would say if you are wondering whether or not to get your master's, there are like a few questions to ask yourself. So one, I feel like the biggest thing, and I feel like this is what I did. So there's a little bit of projection here, but like, are you pursuing a master's because you feel like jobs aren't working out for you right now, or you don't want to like, you're like scared to start to enter the workforce. You're like, let me just jump straight into a master's degree. Um, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with you for feeling that way. The job search is really scary, um, especially in this economy. Um, in this economy, <laughs> not in this economy. I love, I love that phrase right now. It's the best, not in this economy. But if you're genuinely interested in really diving deeper into your field of interest. Well, okay. It's twofold with not getting a job first. Number one, you're much more likely to get a job after grad school. If you already have some job experience under your belt before you start your graduate program is number one. And then number two, by working a job in whatever you studied in undergrad first, you're going to get a better idea of if that's even an industry that you want to stay in. Um, because I feel like it's maybe another question of what happens if I don't want to do what mm -hmm. I majored in at school. Um, and so I think actually getting a job in that field is going to give you a much better idea of if you actually want to stay in that field and pursue um, another degree in that industry before you do it. So I would say try to get a job first, even if it's entry level for a little while get your feet wet, get a better understanding of maybe the parts of the industry that you don't learn about in school. Um, like, I don't know, in general, like corporate ladders and production industries. And I'm in like video production and it's really hard to get a job in certain areas of the country. Um, so that's another thing is like geographic location. Is a master's going to help you out with that? Probably not. Um, but again, if you're just like really passionate about this particular thing or you find a grad program that's very, very specific, um, I wouldn't say I regret doing my grad program. I regret the timing of it. So I learned a lot of the technical skills that I use today all the time for my clients and in my business and that I used in my jobs after graduation, but it was a lot harder to find a job because I didn't have, you know, any years of experience under my belt in a full-time role. Um, but if you find a program that is like super niche and you're like, Ooh, there are some crazy ones out there, like museum studies and like museum management and stuff like that, where like, if that's your passion, like by all means, please like go study that and become the best that you can at that one thing. But try to get a job in the industry first to find out if it's even for you. Yeah. If the question is like, do I want to do this? Not like, do I want a master's? <laughs> like that very different questions. And if you're yeah. trying to answer that question with a master's degree, like go get exactly. a job or at least you'll get paid to figure it out. Exactly. Don't pay to figure it out. Get paid to figure it out. Get paid to figure it out. Honestly, that is a key takeaway of everything. <laughs> oh my God. That's literally how I got my, like started my business was getting paid by figuring things out. That's a, that's a really good piece of advice. Yes. Whatever you do, get paid to figure it out. Um, also a college degree and a master's is not a golden ticket. And mm -hmm. if you took both of those things off your resume, how confident would you be? That's a wonderful question to ask because I wouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a golden ticket. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What do I do if I'm not actually passionate about what I majored in? Uh, well, yeah. hi, my name is Sarah. <laughs> What's that thing? It's like, hi, my name's Don't, don't you would do us. I get anxious when I'm high. I get anxious when I go to school for four years for chemistry and then hate it. Um, actually, true story. Um, what, what do I do if I'm not actually passionate? Um, you say, cool. 
You say, thank you for that education and understand that college is not the golden ticket. Your major is not a death sentence and you go to college to help you think. People like college degrees, not because of what you learned. They, they want to know that you can think. College teaches you how to think. Um, wonderful. Those years were not wasted. You know how to think. And just as those people who love their college degree and are trying to find jobs, I say, hey, guys, that's not a golden ticket. I say to you, hey, it's not a golden ticket. You don't have to go on that path. And again, go get a job to figure it out. Like when I was, um, when I left, so after school, if you haven't heard my little spiel, went to school for chemistry, knew I didn't want to do it, could not find a job in marketing with a chemistry degree, which was bizarre. Who would have thought? So I got a job as a research research and development chemist. I lasted at that pharmaceutical company for six months. And I said, this is crap. And I jumped ship very early because I thought, okay, if I'm going to start over, quote, um, I should start over at, you know, at that time, 22, then 42. And I got a job at TJ Maxx, because it was what was offered. They paid well. And I had a friend. And then um, part of the story that people don't actually know, for a little bit, right before the pandemic hit, I just accepted an internship with Charleston Magazine. And that was like a thing that I was very interested in. And it's like a job that I'd get paid for to figure out if I liked it. That's exactly what I was doing. Pandemic hit. I ended up getting paid for online work, figured out I liked online work, and then started a business. But again, get paid to figure out what you'd want to do. First thing, don't judge yourself. Don't. I had a cry fast that I had ruined my life. You did not ruin your life. You didn't ruin your life. If anything, you know, two truths and a lie. I was a chemist. You know, (laughs) like those, (laughs) it's a really fun fact. And that's totally fine. And if you, if you, are coming out of college, you're not passionate about your major, chances are you probably also don't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like me. Again, go just live. Just be a person in your 20s. Say, you know what, right now I'm focusing on learning who I am and I'm going to go get the most fun job possible. Go get a job at a quilting store. Go intern at a media studio. Go, like, whatever. If you just whatever you want to do. If, if it sounds fun and it pays you, have at it. And if nothing's there, if you're like, really, no, I have no direction, go work as a bartender, go work at a restaurant, get paid and then read books. And th- I mean, that's what I did is uh, I didn't go straight into a job like that. I thought was fun. I just worked at TJ Maxx. And then I read books about the things that I was interested in because I was like, okay, if I can walk through their journeys and like kind of learn what that quote job or like life looks like, then I don't have to go searching for jobs. I'll just read about them and kind of like get that experience like that, um, which was a weird way to think about it, but it did work. Um, So what if you do, if you're not passionate about it, first of all, don't judge yourself. It's totally Mm -hmm. fine. And then say, congratulations, you're now an adulty adult and go do what you want. (laughs) Yeah, you're one step closer to figuring out what you want when you can weed out what you don't want. And I hate the tradition of making 18 and 19 year olds decide what they want to do for the rest of their life. I know. Like who? Who is she? <laughs> I wouldn't know. How do I I don't know any of that. And I didn't even make the right decision. You can't even like judge yourself by saying like I made the wrong decision. It's yeah. like you you just keep you brush yourself off and keep going and let yourself feel all the devastation of like, ah, oh, I feel like I wasted my time or I feel like I was on a very clear cut path or I was on, you know, such a clear trajectory and now I have no idea what I want to do next. Like 
let yourself kind of feel all those feelings of frustration and then keep moving, keep going. Um, my husband's another example. He was a biochem major. He actually went to a charter high school um, that was specifically on a medical, um, like a med school track. So he started studying things about med school, about being a doctor in high school, went to college for biochemistry with a like concentration in going to medical school and becoming a surgeon or whatever. Uh, when we met, he said he wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. He shadowed a surgeon at Duke and got to like be in surgery rooms. Like he was invested in being a doctor and he did not get into medical school. And when it comes to med school, you have to wait an entire year before you reapply. It's a really long school, uh, like post-grad schooling process for becoming a doctor for good reasons, especially becoming a surgeon and you don't get paid well in that time. And there's all these things. And he, and he moved home while I was at grad school and ended up deciding that he didn't want to be a doctor anymore, which was really, really hard for him because he'd spent ever since he was in his teens trying to chase this one career path that ended up not working out the way that he wanted it to. Um, so he just started going to networking events and meeting people in groups that he was interested in. So he was always kind of interested in computers and development. And um, he ended up giving a talk one day at like one of these networking events about something that he was really interested in. And that's how he landed his first internship. And he was uh, out of school for like six months. I want to say it was October when he got that internship after graduation. Okay, like <laughs> um, we're starting we're starting small and building our way back up. Um, and it was at a startup in Charlotte and ended up leading to him moving to a bigger company. And now he's a senior software engineer. He loves his job. He loves the people that he works with. And I think it's okay to pivot after graduation and find something new that you want to, you know, learn more about, develop more skills in, and um, you will, you will figure it out. I promise. Just keep making moves wherever you can, learning more wherever you can. Yeah. That was the last question. I feel like we did a darn good job. I feel like we did a camp counselor. Camp counselor for the Thanks win. Thanks for coming to Camp Adult. Thanks for coming Welcome. to Camp Adult. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention, because I think I've, so I will, I will preach all day, gap year. Gap year, gap year, gap six months, gap year. Um, I met a girl while I was in Costa Rica and she, it was actually after, it was between high school and uh, university. She's from um, England and she has been gone from, she was supposed to leave in September, but because of the pandemic, she left in January and she probably won't go back to England until September when she goes to university. If she goes, <laughs> she's yeah. like, ah, I'm going to enroll. Maybe I don't know. Very laissez-faire. And I was like, that's now do all of us get to go to Africa and Costa Rica and Mexico and like all these places? No, but I wish I would have taken a gap year and I would have heard that back when I was graduating and be like, no, I'm ambitious. Like I, that's so irresponsible. That's so lazy. No, it's not lazy. It is very smart because again, I did not know who I was. I needed to meet that person to know who I was and where I would have gone. And I, I mean, I talk all the time about preparing your 20s for like being very successful in your 30s and 40s. You can still do that. And learning who you are and living out your 20s now is not sacrificing a happy, steady, even wealthy life in your 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. Going out, getting drunk, getting, I mean, you know, we all like to have a good time, but like partying all the time, spending every penny you have, not being responsible 
you know, not being purposeful. Yes. Yeah. 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 You can't just expect things to come to you, but getting a fun internship, you know, going traveling to find yourself, like traveling is a form of education. Traveling is a form of education that is just as valid. And it is going to, it would have brought me farther. I would have been farther than I am today had I done that. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want you to think that a gap year is something, a purposeful gap year Mm -hmm. is wasting time or sacrificing a sacrificing future success. It's not. Agree. Um, our my alma mater Meredith College I was talking to the director of first year experience who like helps with you know students transitioning into their freshman year of college and they pick a book every year for the students to read and the book for this upcoming year that they're pitching was actually written by two um, young women who took a gap year after high school and traveled the country interviewing people about their experiences with racism in different like areas of the United States and ended up writing a book about it which is so crazy like they were just like we're curious about this one topic like you don't even have to go on this like wild international adventure it could just be wherever you live it could it could be you know a personal project where you just interview people in every industry you can imagine and you'll learn about their paths and like what it was like for them after post-graduation and how they got to where they are you'll learn more about some of the like the industry insider info that you might not get from a job until you've been in it for a while um you'll learn about core values everybody gives off a different vibe about what's important to them and you'll have a really good understanding of like okay this person rubbed me the wrong way and i think it's because they talked about you know money the whole time or I think it's because they talked like in a condescending way to me because I'm young like you'll start to pick up on things like that and figure out like okay I want to be the type of person that treats people this type of way and makes people feel this type of way um so yeah definitely don't discount the the gap year whether it's between high school and college right after college or what people are taking out professional gap years where they just like Um, They leave their jobs or take a leave of absence and go on a trip or do some sort of personal project like a sabbatical is another word for it um, that could be relevant to your field. It could just be a personal development project, but I think it's so hard to like remember sometimes that you can make like you could do what literally whatever you want to in your life. And that's where budgeting and like always (laughs) theme song, you do whatever you want in your life. Yeah. And I think that's where like budgeting and stuff, like when you're thinking about your savings and what you want to spend money on and what you don't, it's like, okay, are you kind of interested in like going on a wild, uh, like year long traveling adventure? If so, what's that going to cost? And how do you start saving for that now? Um, because even if you're like, you know what, I decided that I don't want to go travel. You have like a huge savings account of all the money that you save for it. Like there's no downside yeah. to having more money saved than what you need. I love that purposeful adulting. Yeah. I mean, I knew travel was like something that was important to me. So I set up my emergency savings account and I set up a travel savings account because I knew that I always wanted money available for me to go on a trip on a whim because I knew that that was my personality. So that's what I budgeted for. Yeah. It's just, it, I mean, keeping it very practical there. I just saw on Instagram, I follow this girl who is graduating. She is an art major. She makes a lot of content about how people think art majors aren't a thing or like, aren't, you know, they're not going to get a job or whatever, which I find very interesting. Um, and she is, she was like, Hey guys, I'm like, I'm starting a project, which also these personal projects that you were like saying, like, I love that. That is such one immediately hired. Like you do a personal project like that. Like, even if you do it to sound nice in an interview, because sometimes you just got to have that practical reason, like that will be such a great story to tell. And those go farther than a resume. A 
but she was like, I'm starting this personal project. Um, so after graduation, I'm running away to Alaska and I'm going to paint a postcard and I want to send one to every state. Um, and so she has got like this little like USA like board and she's coloring them in as she sends them and you can order them from her website. So she's making money <laughs> and she's also working on a craft painting. And I'm, and she's like, I'm running away to Alaska. And I'm like, you go, girl. You go. You're going to learn more about your craft. You're going to gain clients. You're going to learn how to sell things online. You're going to meet people in Alaska. You're going to learn how to be by yourself. You go, Glen Coco. That's freaking great. Yeah. I love these like personal endeavors that, yeah, just like, why? Just take a moment to ask, like, why not? Why not? What's it going to hurt? You know? Agreed. Yeah. And the benefit of being in the year 2021 is that chances are somebody's done something similar to what you've done before and documented it in some way. So if you're like, how can somebody just afford to run away to Alaska and do this passion project? Like so many people have done things like this and like documented exactly how they saved for it, exactly how they lived to save money. Um, I don't know if this person is like you know, in addition to selling their postcards, like working another job in Alaska or something like that. There are so many ways that you can make it work if you're really passionate about taking a particular path. And there's so many people who, I mean, there's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's social media, like there's so many places to go looking for this information on how other people have done it before. If you're feeling like there's no way in hell that I could possibly do this. No way. Yes, there is. Yes way. (laughs) Google it. Chances are somebody else has done it before. That was such a good episode. We are geniuses. You're welcome to everybody. <laughs> such a long episode. If you're still listening, kudos. Um, thank you so much for listening, Kristen. I love when you have when I have you on. I love when you're on the podcast. It's my fave. I love being on the podcast, and I love this topic. I think post grad post grad life can be like exciting because you can do whatever you want to, and then scary because you can do whatever you want to. I know. <laughs> So I think that's fun. And yeah, it's also like, if you see people traveling and you're like, traveling is not my bag. Is there something wrong with me? Like my husband and I are not big travelers. So our savings goes towards our house. We're homebodies. We like investing back into the place where we spend all of our time. Like you get to decide what you do with your money. Obviously you have to pay your bills and stuff um, and be responsible about it, but you get to decide how you spend your money, how you spend your time, who you spend that time with. If there are people from college where you're like, this person's bad vibes. I don't know if I need bad vibes. Bad vibes. Let that relationship go. Like you get to make all those decisions and create the life that you want to live. Um, so yeah, go forth and conquer guys. Go forth and conquer. Slam dunk. We love you. Have, <laughs> I'm going to end on that note. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful life. Do whatever the heck and heck that you want. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to the What Else Podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, First of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories. And tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post. And that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.